0: Welcome to Food Safety University, episode nine. Today we're talking about crisis communications and business continuity. Welcome to the Food Safety University podcast presented by Dr. Michelle Steel of Deergo Food Safety. Tune in to learn food safety in plain English. We will break down the ins and outs of the food code, HACCP plans, you name it. We make food safety simple, easy, and even fun. Now, here is your host, Dr. P. Hello, my amazing friends, and I am so glad that you stopped by the podcast this afternoon, or today, or this morning, or whenever it is that you're listening to this. We are with uh, working on uh, crisis communications today in the podcast. This is a really small but important program and we're gonna cover it the way we cover everything you know using our six-step process and there are lots of good things that have come about from using this six-step process it's really pretty it's really pretty impressive I actually use our six-step process that I introduced several podcasts ago uh, for almost everything <laughs> and so if you are looking for help with that if you're looking to figure out how you're gonna make a um, a habit out of your food safety planning and you want help with all the things that we're doing, of course, we do Food Safety University around here, and that's my membership site where um, you have access to all the certification programs. You log in, right, and you watch videos online around um, meat and poultry HACCP or preventive controls for qualified individuals or how to do a 90-day validation. And then we have all the documentation. So say you really need a crisis communications plan. Well, you go over to the documents section of the website and you download the zip file and you open up the Word document that is your crisis communications document and then you listen to the podcast and you follow along and you fill out the documentation. <laughs> like, Wouldn't that be amazing? Like, there are so many people who are in it that are like, wow, this is everything that I need. All of the documentation is right here and it's super accessible. So if you want to get started with that. You're going to go to foodsafetyuniversity.com, download our 12 steps of HACCP. But that's always where we start, right? And the six steps that I have are kind of like they're 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 just about the first six steps of the uh, six steps of HACCP. And you'll hear a little bit more about that as we as we use crisis communications as a uh, um, as an example of that. But the Doing things, you know. I've, I've been talking a lot about habits this month, and and our Food Safety University um, participants are they're they're all getting they get emails every Monday, and they're getting emails about how to do things and how to create things. And this this month we're talking about habits and what books I'm reading about habits and and how I'm generating habits in my own life. But you know, getting in the habit of, of doing things is a lot easier when you follow a process and you follow a plan. And that's what the six step process is. So join us over in Food Safety University because hey, uh, who doesn't need a plan for food safety? And so planning is how we do everything. Doing the right thing the right way every single time you do it is probably it's most difficult in crisis communications, okay? And so you should have hit the fan sometimes with my clients, actually, literally, like I've literally had that happen. (laughs) Okay, and then we've got to figure out what to do about it. Now, I'm gonna make a total Gen Xer reference here. My kids are big fans of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And you can really think about the SOPs that we have in Food Safety University as a book with nice friendly red letters on the cover that says don't panic. Because the last thing you wanna do when a crisis occurs is to panic, right? And by following a process, that means you're much less likely to panic, okay? So I've got you and let me walk you through the process and walk you through how we actually think about this, right? And the first, like, the first thing, like the pre-work that we always do is we decide what result that you want. You know, I have clients, I probably run a recall or some other kind of crisis at least once a quarter, right? And the question is always, what do you want the outcome to be, right? And, and I ask this because there are a lot of people who come to me and they're like, if this doesn't work, I'm giving up. Okay. And then the question is, is, are you going to give up now? Or are you going to spend a lot of money and wait to give up then? Or are you going to decide to go all in on your business and decide that this recall or this crisis or whatever it is that's happening is going to make you stronger? And you actually have to decide that, right? So what results are you trying to live in? And then who are you going to Okay, when you go and download those 12 steps of HACCP, you actually are gonna get on my broadcast list. And I send out broadcasts every Tuesday and Friday. Okay, and on Tuesday, I provide coaching. I like, I provide free coaching because I am, I've discovered I really am a habits coach for food safety professionals. Like I get y'all into the habit of doing the right thing the right way every single time you do it, and that's a habit. But I want you to ask yourself this question when you are solving food safety problems, when you are in crisis in your facility, who do you want to be? Who's the leader that you want to be? What what values do you want to bring to what you are doing? I actually have a handout on my desk, and it says love, service, and self-respect, because I have decided when I am making decisions when I am dealing with things that are bugging me when I am creating new things in the world, like this podcast, I want to do it in love and service and self-respect. And so what does that look like? Well, it looks like I love service and self-respect. I plan my podcast. I know what I'm going to talk about. And I don't just sit here and ramble. My podcasts have a definite length. Okay. Y'all will notice I by and large don't have hour long podcasts because I loathe hour long podcasts. I have like a 30 minute commute to work uh, end to end and I can I, I need like a twenty five minute podcast. <laughs> and some days I even get to twenty five minutes, but most of the, you know, most of the time we're at the twenty minute mark. And that's intentional because most people like they they don't have that long that they're commuting or they're doing this. You know, they're listening to me during some uh, during some time where they don't have a whole lot of time and they just need the pertinent stuff right away. okay. and so I make I decided on the podcast length for this podcast in love and service and self-respect, uh, right? I can talk for hours, hours and hours and hours and hours about food safety. Like I have, the, the, we're, we're, I've, I've done a podcast every week for more than two years. I can talk a lot about food safety, right? But can I talk about a lot about food safety in a way that brings value? Not unless I'm talking in love and service and self-respect, okay? So who do you want to be in a crisis? So uh, When a crisis happens, who do you want to be, okay? And there are a I mean, like this is a whole genre of literature. (laughs) And if you don't know how to answer that question, right, I want you to look and see who your heroes are. OK, whether it's your mom or your dad or a boss that you had or, um, or, or a coach that you had or somebody who works in the industry or a political figure or a military figure, who is your hero and what values like you recognize values in them that you like. And so if you can't figure out what values you want to solve crises in, ask yourself how would like what values would they bring to it? And that'll give you a lot of clarity on what you want to do. Okay. And so when you know what your results are, when a crisis happens, okay, and those results, there, there are not a whole lot of results that you're going to get out of the crisis. Okay. Um, The crises I deal with are fairly serious. And it's, you know, the business stays open or the business closes. We deal with what the USDA or the FDA says, or the business closes. We come back from the financial hit or the business closes right? When we're in crisis in food businesses, almost always one of the options is the business closes. And that can be the right thing, right? But you have to like your reasons. You absolutely have to like your reasons, right? And there are lots of ways forward from that. But what we're talking about today is if the business is going to stay open, okay, or if you are Um, If you are stretching out, like not deciding today whether to keep the business open or closed, what you're actually deciding is to keep the business open, and then how are you going to communicate with your constituents around whatever the crisis is that has happened? Okay. So that's the, that's where you got to come to, uh, come from when you start thinking about this. Okay. So the first thing that you are going to do in your crisis communications program is you've got to actually name and your crisis communications team. Okay. I actually work with one of the best PR people in the country. Um, and he has a specialization in crisis communications and this SOP I worked with, with, I worked on with him. Okay. And Key to crisis communications is a team, but you got to decide that team beforehand, and that team has to have the emotional maturity to do what it is that you are asking them to do, okay? A person who is in a crisis communications team whose first impulse is to freak out, is a suboptimal person on your crisis communications program. Just because they work for you and you have a team of three doesn't mean the person who is terrible in a crisis needs to be on your crisis communications team. Okay, we need unified, professionally mannered people that reinforce your organizational leadership and drive loyalty. Like, I am fond of telling people crises can often make your business stronger. They can often improve your um, your relationships with either your suppliers or your customers, kind of depending on what happens, right? But you have to manage them. You have to manage them well. And managing them well depends on who your crisis communications team is, okay? So you're going to name your team very often you're going to have a lawyer on that team. I have a great food safety lawyer if you need them. All right. Um, I can be on your crisis communications team. You do have to pay for that privilege. uh, And you will have to be a part of food safety university for that to be uh, a thing. (laughs) Right. Um, I know great PR people. You have internal people that need to be on the crisis communication team. All right. So that's the first team. Then You already know, so our second part of of our six step plan, step one is form your team, step two is define the problem. If you are in crisis communications, you have already defined your problem. You probably have a corrective action uh, record that's been generated, you're in the process of figuring stuff out, you may be in recall or whatever. So you've already got the problem defined. So that's step two. Then step three, okay, is determining for whom you are solving this problem. You are not only solving this problem for the regulator that thinks you're out of line or the customer that thinks you're out of line or the supplier who thinks that you're out of line. You have to be able to also talk to your key audiences. Who are those people, okay? And who in your audience are the people who you're talking to? Who is your FDA contact? Who is your USDA contact? Who is the contact at the customer that you are going to be Talking to, and you've got to design your crisis communications around the people to whom you are speaking. Okay, if you are an international company, your crisis communications better be in the language that people communicate in. (laughs) Okay, then finally, you're going to want to determine a spokesperson and what your media protocols are. Okay, so this is the how of what we're going to do. We are going to determine a spokesperson, you're going to determine your media protocols. All right. The first thing that I do, me and the lawyer, when we work on this and we have a recall, the first thing that we do is we have a 24 hour media blackout. Okay. Because there are a lot of founders who want to go in and swoop and save their company. And it, generally does more harm than good, so don't do that in a crisis if you are a founder, okay? Your crisis communications lead person is responsible for not only ensuring all the tasks in the crisis communications plan is complete, they're the ones that's going to answer. They they may also be the spokesperson, and it's the spokesperson who's going to answer the media and other inquiries, right? but now your next step in the how, right? Step three is always how, is you have to develop three to five talking points in advance that are tailored for the crisis, okay? So say you're in a recall. What are your three to five talking points? You know, you know like that you are working diligently on it, you're working with your regulators, you've retained um, counsel, you've got, I mean like there are lots of talking points okay um that you can reiterate and you want to go out there and you want to reiterate those uh, talking points you're going to want to develop a what we call a holding statement that says we're working on the issue and builds trust and credibility gives people a place to um, go to ask questions right like a landing page on a website if you have anything you need to tell us go to www. Uh, you know we're still a great company.com Fill out the contact form and uh, we will take a note of what, how you, you know, your information will, will affect our situation. That's a holding statement. Okay. You have to talk to your employees. Brief your employees on the crisis and have a plan about what you're going to tell employees about how they're going to interact on social media. Okay. We do not want employees to talk off talking points about this now would be a good time to go look at your employee manual and decide whether or not you have a social media policy that says when the corporate crisis communications action plan is enacted, what employees can say on social media and whether or not they can be held responsible for what they say on social media. This can be incredibly important that you have this defined and agreed to beforehand. So if you're not in crisis, amazing, Go look at your employee manual and see what it says about social media, okay? Next thing you're going to want to do is you're going to want to draft a news release, okay? You're, this news release, you know, can go out over the wire services. You'll have to pay for that. can go out over social media. For a lot of people, that's good enough. You're going to have to do social media monitoring, Okay, somebody, if you do not already have Google Alerts set up for you and your business, set up Google Alerts for you and your business. Go on to Facebook, use the Facebook search feature. Go on to Instagram, use the Instagram search feature. Go on to Twitter, use the search feature you may need a millennial or a Gen Xer to help you with this. I promise they can totally do it. And you're gonna have to do social media monitoring to track the public response to the crisis. If you're really lucky, there will be no public response to the crisis. That's what we're going after, but sometimes it happens. Okay, And sometimes the public response can be incredibly positive. I have absolutely seen that. So don't be afraid to put things out over social media. You're consuming public can be very understanding that businesses make mistakes and things happen and they and many times they will come to your defense. Okay? Then you actually have to go execute all of that stuff. All right? So that's the how. You're going to you're going to decide all the things that you're going to do and then you got to go out and do them, right? You're going to go out and do them. And then in the beginning of your crisis, you're going to come back on a daily basis and you're going to do an after action review what worked today what didn't work today and what are we going to do differently tomorrow and i always want your what are you going to do differently to be tied to what didn't work right so if your social media post didn't work and people piled on and told you you were horrible people what are you going to do differently about that tomorrow to manage that situation okay that's how you go and make continuous process improvement frankly you have to be able to document all of this because one, if you're getting if you're getting an audit, this, that's part of your audit, right? Doing your after-action review on your crisis communication and then on whatever the in, the inciting issue is is the key to making sure that it never happens again. Okay, so that's what we got for the podcast this week. I love you all. I think you are completely amazing. If you are ready to get to this or any other of your documentation and your training up and running, do come and join us at Food Safety University. Okay. You can uh, book a call or you can just send us an, I mean, good Lord, send us an email at info at dirgofoodsafety.com and we'll get you on the calendar for an exploratory call to see if Food Safety University is the right thing for you. Um, I love you all very, very much and we'll see you next week. Bye guys. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button and check us out at foodsafetyuniversity.com. We have free food safety guides waiting for you. See you next time.